Welcome to the Truth Lover video podcast presented by Love and Truth Party. I am your host, Will Pye, author, speaker, transformational coach and founder of Love and Truth Party. You can find out more about me at willpie.com. Love and Truth Party is a self-organizing, self-replicating community and movement of love and awakening, a wisdom school facilitating health, healing and happiness, liberating humanity from the matrix of fear and self-loathing. Find us and join our mailing list at loveandtruthparty.org. We exist to empower the deep realization and integration of unitive consciousness of one human being and to inspire action in the world from this clarity as New Earth Ninjas, our playful avatar. We do so in the spirit of play, holding the paradox that all is well, even in including all collective crises while simultaneously being moved to act to lessen suffering and serve the creation of conscious culture and society. Our projects include distributing a million love letters from the universe, inviting people to receive the love and care in these and within the happiness acts, including the seven questions and other free resources, plus our meditation, gratitude, cancer, depression, online courses found on loveandtruthparty.org. We believe that in giving, we receive, and we invite you to pay forward the value you receive in this podcast by sharing, liking, subscribing for more great content, leaving a review on iTunes, getting your love letters from the website, following us on social media, and consider supporting us with a financial gift at loveandtruthparty.org forward slash support. I'm really excited to be joined today by a very special guest, Kerry Hummingbird. Kerry Hummingbird is a soul guide, a channel of an embodiment of White Eagle, an ascended master who specializes in rainbow light activation of human DNA. She has served as a social activist, leader, and philanthropist for over three decades. She is the founder of the Skills Not Pills movement and host of Soul Nectar Show. Kerry inspires people to lead their lives wide awake with an authenticity passion and purpose that positively impact others. She catalyzes mind shifts that transform life challenges into gifts of wisdom with her Reinvent Yourself programs for individual and group mentoring. She is the international best-selling author of The Second Wave, Transcending the Human Drama, and the award-winning best-selling book, Awakening to Me, One Woman's Journey to Self-Love, which describes the early years of her spiritual awakening. Kerry, welcome to the show. It's really wonderful to have you here. Thank you for having me on the show, Will. It's delightful. I've enjoyed our connection so far. And I, I love everything you said about your community and what you stand for is just so on point with where I'm at in my own heart. That's beautiful to hear. Yeah, I've enjoyed that connection so far. And as I was reading that, I was thinking, I think this is going to spend, land especially well with Kerry. I think it's going to speak to what's alive in her consciousness as well. So it uh, feels very resonant having you on the show today. And we were speaking of a, a topic or a starting point for what we'll be exploring today. And we came up with uh, preparing and transitioning for the new earth. Yes. Yeah, preparing and transitioning. Because that's those are the words that came to me is we're actually in that phase of preparation. And so it begs the question of what are we preparing? <laughs> right. And I imagine a lot of people listening, watching would be quite excited by the prospect of a, of a new earth because there's a lot happening right now upon the planet, which people would probably quite 
excited and keen to see something other than happening in terms of how we're engaging with the planet, in terms of our political systems, in terms of our economic systems. So this is a, this is a, a beautiful topic. What, what does it mean for you? First of all, perhaps new earth, because I, I know that um, it's, it's a, a language I play with, with Love and Truth Party, and I see it in various circles. Um, what does new earth mean for you? Is it, is it just about the planet earth shifting? Is it about humans shifting? What's new earth for you? Well, I think new earth is all of it because we're made of earth. You know, our bodies are made of earth. You know, our souls, our spirit, our essence, the, the eternal aspect of us has each chosen to be inside this planetary body called earth, which is a living, breathing organism. It's a living, breathing consciousness. And so we are all now also joined and unified with this earth consciousness. So everything that, that the earth goes through, humanity inevitably also goes through as well as all of life on earth because it's all created of earth. So the earth is passing through another part, a new part of the galaxy where things are changing energies are changing and because the energy of the earth is changing and um, it's lifting itself in consciousness then we also are lifting ourselves in consciousness and I've heard it said we're going up an entire octave so this is not a small change it's a very large evolutionary jump that's happening at this time on the earth with all of the light coming into the planet I know we all feel this this is profound it's been profound since 2012 when the energetics began becoming apparent to us on earth, the changes in consciousness and the rapid change in consciousness, just the way that people um, are now aware of energy healing, just for just that alone. You know, when I started um, talking about energy healing and BNI meetings, I don't know, I think you guys have business networking international in Australia as well, but these groups are very based in pragmatic things like plumbers and house painters and, that kind of thing, realtors, you know, and I went into these meetings and was like, so um, I do energy healing and, and everyone's like, you do what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And in the, in the last eight years, since I've been talking about that, people now have enough presence with it that they can say, oh, you mean like Reiki? So they know some words about it. And so the, that's a huge leap in consciousness in a very short period of time. And you can see that happening all over the industry. You know, if you're tuned in at all to, um, you know, natural health, um, organics, wellness, yoga. I mean, just the diversity of how it's expressing itself is, is pretty astounding. And the number of people that know about these things that traditionally would not is also astounding. So... We're really, we're already in that pivot and we each know it's happening. You can feel it. You can feel that it's happening, the shift. So it's happening to the planet because the planet's changing position in the galaxy for a whole new set of experiences. And therefore it's happening to all of us because we're currently incarnated on this planet. So it's happening to everyone. Beautifully expressed. So I hear this new octave. It's the, the universe is going to be humming uh, a new song singing a new song that's an exciting beyond exciting thought it reminds me as well as speaking of how the energy healing thing has shifted it reminds me of a precious moment that happened quite some time ago so it had been pre-2012 and i was working in a fundraising company in new zealand 
And the gentleman knocked on my door and he said that he could improve my fundraising company's results by, you know, 100%, 100% or so. And it was, a, it was an energy healing workshop. So I spoke to my manager who'd been wanting me to attend an Excel spreadsheet training. And I said, I'm pretty sure this training is going to be more fun for me. I think it's going to have a more direct <laughs> impact upon our results as well. So I ended up at this um, energy healing, uh, energetics workshop with a gentleman called Michael Bradford and uh, very revealing and very interesting. I won't go into detail, but um, yeah, it's, it's interesting that that showed up in my consciousness at a time when um, I guess it was a little bit out there, but not out there such that I wasn't like, yeah, great, I want to be doing that. And these sorts of approaches to even the idea that we can change our consciousness and change the world around us, um, that we can change our consciousness and change the physical world within us, um, these are becoming more widely accepted. As, and they are scientifically evidenced. You know, this stuff is not beyond the realms of our existing materialist science. There's still actually a fairly well-established rationale for why energy healing would work, why it would be effective. So it's exciting hearing you speak of noticing and observing this shift in, in, in business circles. And I wonder what, what what's possible now in those conversations? What's possible now with the average person, if I can use that expression, with energy healing and with these sorts of approaches, because I'm imagining you're saying you know, before 2012, back in the day, you, you might not expect to get many clients from that conventional pragmatic circle. They might not really recognize the value of that for them. Now, is there a, is, is, is it happening more that people would go to those crazy energy healers? Is that something that's more on the menu for people? What have you noticed? Well, yes. And it's also on the menu that people who have been conditioned in fear about things like energy healing through institutions, religious institutions, even these people are waking up to, to feel, know, and perceive that it's not exactly the way they were taught. This is not actually true. And there, you know, it takes a great deal of courage for a person like that to, to open up to meditation, to open up to intuition, to open up to connection with the earth because of all of the generations of programming and fear-based programming that's been happening in these family lineages through religious institutions. So now we're actually in a space where I'll even have people who have been very heavily mired in that kind of thinking approach me about, okay, I really feel called to what you're saying. I feel called that the earth can't be bad. It's, I'm made of it. So how can, I, how can I shun the earth? How can I say I'm separate from it? How can I be afraid anymore of what I'm made of? And I know this is wrong. And I, I, I know I need to, I'm scared though. I have fear because of all this conditioning. So, that would so be I have the, people coming to me. Yeah. So that would be conditioning of you know, a church saying that yoga is the, the devil's work. or, or Yeah. The, Stuff like, like breathing yeah. deeply is not good for you. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Great. Don't stretch those <laughs> muscles. Whoa, that's really bad. <laughs> but it's, you know, if, if you're not, if you're not conditioned with that thinking, you can have a good laugh and jovial about it. But really, if you're conditioned with that thinking, it's terrifying. Mm. It's actually because you've been so conditioned to think like if you, um, 
if you engage in these things, if you if you listen to your intuition, if you open up to spirit, if you um, connect with the earth, if you do yoga, if you do any of this stuff, that you're going to go straight to hell. And so that whole paradigm of thinking is based in a model that we're was part of the space that we were in in the galaxy but we're moving out of that space so the age of pisces was you know is that patriarchal um control over you know energy the suppression the control over the denial of the feminine and the feminine is all those beautiful arts we each have masculine and feminine energies so i want to say that regardless mm -hmm. of whatever body anybody's in we all have the masculine and the feminine. What's happened is that the masculine, the negative pull of the masculine has been dominant. And that's all through the age of Aquarius. So there we see separation, we see wars, we see competition, we see scarcity, we see this idea of, you know, that if you're separate, you don't have abundance, right? Because you're not part of the oneness. So that's all thinking of that patriarchal, negative pull of the patriarchy sort of thing. We're moving now into the into more divine feminine energy with the age of Aquarius. So as we shift into this new energy, we're, we're opening up the divine feminine. We're opening back to our mother earth. We're opening back to the intuitive arts. We're opening back to breath and to feeling and to sensing. And so, you know, we're shift, we're making a radical shift. We're shifting from, I don't want to feel anything. I'm going to suppress it and take a not feeling pill and, you know, deny it and shun it and put it aside and, and compete and it's scarcity. And I, I'm separate from you. So I'm going to go to war with you to get your stuff. Cause I want it. And all of this thinking into, Oh, we're all one. Oh my goodness. What we do to the oceans, we do to ourselves. Oh, this is a closed system. Oh, we're all part of the same being. Oh, I have to listen to my intuition to know what to do. Oh, there's something bigger guiding me. It's not all about me. It's a very radical change in consciousness that's taking place. So it's tumultuous right now. Some people who are resisting this shift are really freaking out. And others of us who have already made the shift because we embraced it, we're like, oh, yeah, that's what's going on right now. <laughs> so it's kind of like, where do you want to be in that equation? I'd rather be in the woke already. I'd rather be in the, I see what's what's coming and I surrender to this larger force, this larger presence, this this unity, this this closed earth system and, and whatever it needs. I surrender to that. I listen. I'd rather be in that part going through this transition. And I think that's really what we're talking about when the words came prepare, preparing for the transition is like rather than fight and struggle the whole way, <laughs> you know, kicking and screaming with heels dug in, which is really stressful, mm. you know, just go ahead and surrender and make the leap in consciousness. And, and serve that transition. I mean, that sounds like mm. the most joyful and extraordinary purpose that one could mm. possibly have upon a human life is to contribute to the emergence of unity consciousness of a, more functional, higher order system of of um, of, of, of planetary existence. Um, what does that look like? So we've talked about lots of potential practices, and you've suggested that maybe it's as simple as making a, a, a choice and, and, and surrendering. And I want to just acknowledge that the we, we we touched on some of that institutional programming. And the irony, and hopefully an ease of out of that programming, that one of the founding 
guise of one of those religions, Jesus Christ was is perhaps one of the most famous energy healers in the world, in that that was really one of the ways that he demonstrated his connection to spirit, his connection to source consciousness. So, it's an it's uh, hopefully that is a light bulb that goes off in some people's minds on occasion. Wait a minute, like that energy healing stuff, isn't that what Jesus was doing? I mean, what Jesus was doing, hands-on healing, you know, and how does he do hands-on healing? Is it just because he's a God walking? It's because he's connected to all that is. He understands his place in the great cosmos. He understands himself as the same conscious energy that creates everything. So it's like, I actually have some people that say to me, well, I understand that um, that the consciousness, God source creator is is in everything, but I'm not sure it's in me. Like, <laughs> Does it make sense? <laughs> I'm like, how could you not be it? I mean, so it's everything that is, and so that's including you. I mean, you're part of it too. So, but this is this is how the mind the mind has been really conditioned to think of separation, and it's been part of the program. You know, it's not bad. We were having an experiment, right? Like consciously, our unity was like, oh, what happens when we're, you know, separate or we think we are? What is that? What is life like then if we think we're separate? So we found out. We found out what it's like. We experienced that. But now we come back in. So, you know, this is a collective movement. So even though you have free will, you don't exactly have a choice. I mean, (laughs) it's like... You have free will of when you come along, but you don't have free will about whether you're going to come along. You're going to come along. So you can choose how you come along. There's like some things you can change and some things you can't, right? Like Mm -hmm. in your life, you've even noticed probably everyone listening, you've noticed that there's some things in your life that you you could have a great deal of influence over. And then there's other things that just keep happening, even though you don't want it to happen. It just happens over and over again. And you just can't get away from that thing, whatever that is. That is your soul's curriculum. So just like your soul's curriculum can't be denied, you you can't just not do it. It's part of what you're here to do. So the thing keeps coming up because you have to face it. Same thing with this. We're, we're moving to unity consciousness. So everyone's coming and you can come how you want. But Kicking you're or screaming coming. Or, <laughs> or more gracefully. <laughs> I prefer if people come gracefully. <laughs> but if you don't want to come along, what happens is that you can't you can't reincarnate on Earth. You know, you'll just have to reincarnate on another planet that's in a different part of the galaxy that's going through the kinds of lessons you think you want in separation. So, you know, you just can't come back here because this planet's ascending. If the whole planet is going through an ascension right now and you're on the planet and you're made of the planet, you're going on the ascension. You know, you're going along with it. So that's where we're at. <laughs> So I'd love to hear your thoughts on how many people are required or will inevitably uh, go through the fullest awakening into unity consciousness. So I hear you that ultimately it's everyone. I hear you that that's an inevitability that, that, that truth will manifest through all bodies in in time i imagine that's going to take a little bit of our earth years for that to manifest but in terms of tipping the balance as it were so i think we would all be familiar with the notion of critical mass or 
You you can drop that ink into the water and you drop three, four, and then suddenly, boom, it, it goes, the whole thing is black from those few little dots or whatever color the ink is. Maybe black was the wrong color to choose. It's green or pink or golden. It's rainbow colored. Rainbow colored, right. So there's water, then it's little drops of rainbow color, and then it's just boom, the rainbow is there. So this idea of critical mass, it's seen in systems theory as well. And I'm wondering what's your sense in terms of how, we could say the mathematics or how the proportionality might unfold, because I know that many people will have had the experience, I think, certainly I can relate, that one can, in their awakening experiences, feel a little bit isolated from the rest of humanity that seems to be pretty into this kind of you know, violence and, and, and hatred and, and fear and judgment and so on. So is there a proportionality? Is there a, a number? Is there a percentage? How, how do you see that working? And maybe over what yeah, time? Yeah, that's a really, that's a great question. So Flashpoint is another example of this, right? With fire, Flashpoint, like um, the critical mass builds until until the fire just flashes and just whoosh. So, you you know, the, another example I'm going to give is the dragonfly. So, you know, you see I have butterflies behind me and I love butterflies. Butterflies are awesome. They transform very rapidly from one creature into an entirely different creature. And they do it inside this cocoon and there's this whole method that it, that happens inside the cocoon where they just completely disintegrate and fall apart, which is a spiritual awakening. And then on the other side, inside this cocoon, after all, it's just a bunch of goo, all of a sudden the consciousness knows the innate design of that butterfly starts to form it from the raw material inside the cocoon. And then the butterfly has to fight and scratch its way out of the cocoon. Well, there's one being the dragonfly that's even more dramatic of a transformation than that, if you can believe it, is that this dragonfly is under the water. It's this under underwater creature, you know, that swims, you know, and it's completely different, but it, it, it gets this evolutionary pull and it pulls itself up on a blade of grass and then the sun hits it and it tra- it literally transforms in just moments it's a flashpoint bam it's a different creature and it flies off so this is really more akin to what the transformation will be like for human consciousness and this explains also like we are we are really in that phase right now of the dragonfly bam, flashpoint, bam, lightning transformation of human consciousness. It's been building and building and building and building. It will continue. The energy is pouring in and building and the the earth herself, and we're, we're made of earth, right? So the earth herself is going through this metamorphosis and it's going to hit a point where it's just like, bam, overnight almost, people wake up. Now, what does overnight mean? I don't know exactly. I just know it's going to happen very quickly. And so think about it like, you know, how did Neanderthals like overnight all of a sudden just become these other, you know, humanoids? How did that happen? Well, we're in that moment right now. That's the moment we're in. So if you think about how profound that is, it's amazing actually that we're, we're alive at the time on the planet where one of these huge evolutionary leaps of consciousness is going to be happening and is underway right now. So in our lifetime, we're going to see, just think about the dramatic changes we've seen in the last, since 2012, that's eight years. Just in that amount of time, it's been astounding and it's quickening. You can feel it quickening. I mean, 
if you're tuned in at all, you can feel how things are quickening. Everything is ramping up. And so part of this COVID thing, if you think about it, this year was like, if you need to make a rapid evolutionary jump as, as a human species, you need to incubate. Like you need to mm. slow down mm -hmm. so you can speed up, right? You need to come mm. in. You need to cocoon. You need to go inside. And, and contemplate and reflect on how we've been living and think about how we want to be living moving forward, both individually and Making choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to make choices. So we're all, we've been in that phase of, so we're seeing all the shadows. We're seeing the nastiest of like things, right? It's just like, and also, what do you believe? Do you believe that there is like this huge ring of child molesters and all of this? Do you believe that's really happening? And do you have evidence of that? And some people are like, yes, I definitely do. And this is terrible. And, and don't, don't vote Democrat, you know, and like other people are like, well, Trump is terrible. You can see the example, you know, so people are arguing both sides, but nobody really knows anything. We just are seeing our worst fears played out on the, on the, on the, on the stage. Like this is a big theater and we're just, we're sitting in the theater and we're looking and we're saying, is this what I want? Is this the humanity that I want to be part of? And if the answer is no, then the change starts inside. And that's why you need the incubation period. We, we're really, we're healing thousands of years of ancestral unprocessed trauma, things that never got resolved, you know, and it's showing up on the land. It shows up everywhere. And later on today, I'm doing a healing for um, a woman who had a house where there was a huge massacre of Native American people. And those those spirits, those restless spirits are still on the land. It's unresolved. They have not gotten peace. You know, what happened to them was not acknowledged, was not was not repented, was not resolved. And so these these things are all coming up now to the surface all over the world to be witnessed, seen, compassion, felt, resolved, healed and released. You know, before we head into what we really want to create together, now that we know all of this pain and suffering, what do we really want as humans? And so that's really the preparation, too. And that's easy to see, isn't it? So we've got so many different examples of how much um, darkness or, or ugliness is being brought up into our awareness of, of just how much the feminine has been abused, you know, in the, in the feminine form. Um, and of course, Mother Earth, just how ignorant we have been in our choices and setting up of systems and so on and just how much fear and hatred there is in many consciousnesses and we see this of course now with uh, video and the internet we we get that 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 unconscious is now like wow that's happening that's that's in, that's intense and it feels i like that you spoke to something that's very current and it feels very significant. I'm sure it is for a lot of people who are approaching an election in the US. And even if you're not in the US, and even if you avoid the news a fair bit, it's inescapable that there is this narrative on the one hand that says that Donald Trump is this um, um, terrible human being, that he's, uh, um, you know, let's have compassion for him. He had a abusive childhood in all likelihood and um you know he's a he's a, an infinite and eternal being like us all and probably could do without love and cuddles more than anything else 
but he's he, he lies and and he appears to have some attitudes towards women and and uh, people of other skin colors and so on that that we might not want to endorse and on the other hand you have people who believe that he is the savior of our planetary civilization and that he is a light worker now I feel that the first one seems more likely upon the evidence, but I also know that the way that light and dark interplay and move and um, manifest in this world is not something that I actually can understand and grok and see myself. So, and it's not also necessarily that the the light worker would be consciously a light worker and aware that they're a light worker. Their role in the play might be to bring forth all of this. Um, darkness, including through their own behavior and their own conduct. So who knows? Maybe maybe it's a bit of a metaphor to, to think of Donald Trump as a light worker rather than a sort of literal um, idea of him as the um, you know sort of Jesus figure who, who's, who's come into this life to to bring consciousness and love into human experience. But so, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. I... <laughs> I, I also have gone back and forth on this because in the 3D experience, he's, he's quite distasteful, you know, but if you look at it from the bigger picture, the soul level, you're right. Most souls don't really know. They don't necessarily remember their soul agreement, what it is they came in to do, because it would be very hard to keep doing that stuff if you knew who you were in truth. You know, it would be very hard to act that way. So I imagine that he is, a, he probably is a very big light worker because he's agreed to take on all the negative pole aspects of the patriarchy and embody them fully, you know, and then, and then we, and everybody can project all their anger at him and all their hatred at him and all their resentments at him for everything that the patriarchy's done in their own family lineages that they have a hard time dealing with, with their actual family members He's like a prime target for like all of that hatred. And so in that way, he's like, he's taking it all on, you know, and, and processing it, you know, he's, he's, he's got a very narcissistic personality on purpose this time. Right. So I was, was going to say a narcissistic personality with a lack of empathy would yeah. be essential for, for that essential role. Essential to do that. You would just die under it the projections. Crumble. Yeah. <laughs> crumble under all the projections. So he is actually taking on all of that hatred from around the entire globe, because at this point, everybody, you know, around the whole world, there's a lot of people that can't stand him. So he's taking on all of that hatred that we don't know where, what to do with. We don't know where to put it. So, and a lot of people don't necessarily have the skills to process their ancestral trauma at this moment. But see, that's the territory we're moving into. So for everybody that's listening to this, you, you are in the space to have the inkling that that's what you should be doing right now to prepare, is to heal your ancestry, to heal your ancestry by doing your personal work, because our ancestors live inside of our bodies where, you know, we have ancestral DNA, all of our ancestors experiences throughout all time lives inside of our very ancestral DNA inside our bodies. I've actually done healing ceremonies where I've been using plant medicine. I've been on ayahuasca and I've said to my ancestors, okay, ancestors, um, if you got to forgive something that you didn't have a chance to forgive in your lifetime and you need to release it to set us both free, then I give my vessel right now, forgive it through my vessel 
and we'll release it now. And I just would feel all the ancestors, these like whooshes of energy, just whoosh, 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 whoosh. And it's just so intense. And all of this shaking and trembling. But is it worth it for me a couple hours to be really uncomfortable in order to clear all that ancestral history? Yes, absolutely. Sets me free, sets my ancestors free. And then it's like a big hug, you know? It's like my ancestors are so grateful that I took, that I said yes to be the one that stops with me, mm. you know, and that's really who we are. So this preparing and transitioning, you're touching on some, uh, some sort of practical measures and steps and what that might look like. And integrating our trauma seems to be, and, and that we say our trauma, you know, it, it's not necessarily mine in that it's not necessarily just that which has arisen in this lifetime, but the intergenerational trauma that I have no doubt inherited. And it could look like plant spirit medicine work for someone. Um, there are also many more and more effective trauma release processes and systems coming on board um, almost every month at the moment. I see these trauma release conferences like, oh, wow, there's a new expert who's you know, been working for the last 50 years and, and they've, they've got this model now to share and so on. So it does feel like in, a, in, in the case of the most intense pain and the most intense suffering and difficulty that comes from the most challenging of life paths, we now have the understanding and the insight and the mechanisms to heal that, to integrate that to release that. And it feels like that's really important to emphasize. And obviously you're a practitioner of shamanic work of, of healing and, and, and many others are, and it feels worth mentioning my next appointment today in about an hour and a half is the fourth in a four stage series of DNA activation through a program that Sol Luckman at Phoenix Regenetics, I believe is the, the sort of source of this program has originated. And um, that's been a process over five, six, seven years, I believe. And there's so many different ways, or it could just be, you know, taking up a, an organic diet and um, you know, as, as a gift to Mother Earth, as much as it is a gift to our own physiology, or taking care of our body through that, you know, that dangerous breathing and stretching that we call yoga, um, or, or whatever <laughs> else it might be. Is, is there any, are there any other sort of keys or themes that or maybe just practical steps that you feel are likely part of our preparing and transitioning yeah absolutely well so obviously ancestral healing work is a big part of what we could be doing right now but even before we get to that we've got to deal with our own self so you know <laughs> if you haven't noticed <laughs> a lot of us spend a good part of our time just dealing with all of the inner noise of our lifetime and all of the re resentments and depressions and I wish I could have and I doubt and confusion and I'm not sure I can and this inner stuff that goes on it and all the mental chatter and everything else that can take a lifetime just to make get that all in order right so but we we want to be prepared for new earth so we have to actually really invest in that right now like it's important to get to a space where you're okay with how it worked out for you, where you see the blessings of how it worked out for you, whatever the thing was, whatever the traumas, whatever the, the things you perceived as things you don't want, or I shouldn't have been that way. If we can get into peace and harmony with that's the way it was for a reason, 
And here's my, here's what the gift and the gold and the blessings I had from all of my life's traumas. Then what happens is you step in, you reparent yourself. And in reparenting yourself, you're really taking care of your inner child, which is all the yous that ever were up until now, right? You're taking care of all of those. You're the one holding that space so that you can be an, an actual adult human being on the earth, making adult decisions that are going to affect gener seven generations forward. So that's what we need on the earth right now. We need adult humans. And when I say adult human, I mean a healed human that can hold themselves that is no longer like really mired in their own life journey story, but is beyond it and is like, okay, I've, I'm planted. I see, I accept my life the way it was. I'm looking out and I'm seeing what needs to be done in my community and my family in the world. And I'm taking action. That's who we need right now. And that takes preparation to get yourself in that spot, authentically get yourself in that spot. Right. And when I hear, adult a word that comes up for me is responsibility it's something that my father really helpfully pointed me towards and that word can seem a bit onerous or heavy for people and i think many would be familiar with the taking it apart to the ability to respond our response ability and that of course primarily begins in my sense with our own pain with our own trauma with our own fear or our own guilt to not be in reactivity and certainly not outward reactivity of our rage or our fear or whatever it might be, but rather to respond and to respond with love to our own inner experience, which is the healing, which is the integrating such that we can then bring the same out into the world as we engage with others going through their processes and, and experiences. And I love how you point us to the finding the gift and the blessing, the, the gold that emerges or the, or the goodness that emerges from the compost, as it were. And this is something that is really key in um, radical gratitude, as I, as I call it, in this process of asking, what's the gift here? What was the opportunity in this? And the third question that I asked, which came into my mind as we were speaking earlier, because it's something that you're really uh, authentically clear on, which is if I had somehow created this in order to learn a particularly powerful lesson, a particularly valuable soul lesson, we might say. Um, what is that soul lesson? What is that gain? Is it self-love? Is it compassion? Is it selflessness? It's something really, really juicy. And often it's the more challenging, intense experiences that we go through that are there to facilitate those big lessons, those big opportunities. And so if we're talking about being upon the planet as it shifts into a new level of consciousness, as it shifts into a new level of functioning entirely, it feels inevitable that for many of us, that's going to be our inner process. We're going to have really profound transformations. Um, for example, from guilt and self-loathing to total self-love and forgiveness for one to speak personally. And I'm sure that's true for many people as well. So that message of forgiveness of, of, of self forgiveness of our own being and bringing love and peace to our own experience, narrative, sensational experience in the body from moment to moment. That's a, that's, that's, that's powerful juice you're bringing into the world right there. I feel yeah, well, you know, in, in, 
And if you're sitting there feeling like you're listening to all of this and you're thinking, oh man, I really screwed up and now my life's half over and what am I going to do? My encouragement is, is to stop the pity party right now because like everything you've been through up until now is your gold, like everything. There, it wasn't a distraction or a waste of time or, or something unfortunate. It was the way. It was exactly the way you needed to experience life in order to get the gold that you're here to bring out into the world. So it's actually glorious and it, there's nothing wrong with any of it. And it will all make sense as you accept that it was there for you and it was intentional. Everything's intentional. That's the thing. And we, I, I don't know how many times I've gotten taught in those, like those mind tunnels, especially as a mom, because I have sons and, you know, and I think back to like, gosh, if I, if I only knew then what I know now, and I would so do it differently. And, but I, but I, I was the person I was going through those challenges and, and I was learning from all of them to become the person I am today. And would I be a different mother today? Absolutely. As a result of going through what I went through. And to keep in mind too, that, you know, we all make a soul agreements. So, um, you know, you chose to come in as your, the, the child to your mother and your father, you chose that. So before you came into this life, you saw what was happening <laughs> on the trajectory and you got to look at what mom was going through and what she thought about herself and her whole ancestral history. And you got to see the dad and what he was going through and his whole ancestral history and there, and you got to see their whole hangups and their relationship. And you got to see some trajectory on where it could go. And you made a conscious choice to be part of that. So nobody here is a victim. Everybody here chose. And when you get into the middle of the life, it sure feels like being a victim because it sucks sometimes, you know, to go through it. <laughs> but if you can get yourself back into the soul perspective and see, oh, I chose that. I chose that. I'm a conscious being of, of light. I'm powerful. I'm infinite. I chose to be part of this. Okay, then let me take my lessons. You can come from a maturity there that will make you know, it's so much easier to process and integrate your life's lessons and then to get to the good part, which is expressing your dharma into the world. I mean, that's that's the goal. That's the part we all want is to is to be fulfilled and to and to bring all of our life's journey and to have some meaning with it, to give back, to be in service. That's that's the joy, you know, and so that's what you get on the other side of, you know, stepping off the the disempowerment triangle and deciding you're not a victim, that you're actually an infinite being of light. You're like perfectly capable of handling this and you ask for it on top of all that. So like these players in our lives, like uh, my current work is uh, love is fierce, healing the mother wound, because in my life, my incarnation, my, most of my challenges have been with my mother. You know, she's, she's quite a very feisty, challenging teacher. I call her a coyote teacher. Coyote teachers are, um, they give you the big medicine. Trump is a coyote teacher, right? He's, he's a very big teacher of like um, painful things, you know? And so sometimes our coyote teachers, they can be very tough on us. They don't know they're doing this. They're just acting from their conditioning, but on a soul level, that's exactly what they signed up to do for you. And it's to give you whatever you need to move forward. So Trump is giving us what we need to see what we don't want, right? He's giving us, he's showing us what we don't want, you know, and oftentimes our parents show us where we were hurt or where we were vulnerable or where that we needed growth, you know? So for me, a lot of the lessons my mom taught me was how to validate myself, 
how to be in self-validation. That's a powerful lesson. So if she'd been coddling me this whole time, then I wouldn't have got that lesson, but she did it. Right. So we have to look back at our, you know, it really starts with our parents. What did they, what were our big challenges with them? What was our big beef? What was our big gripes? And, and go into that because that's where the, that's where the really good medicine is, is right in the heart of that wound. And as you excavate that and you heal it, you find your dharma, you find your path of power in this world. And then when you give it, you give what you didn't receive, you give the blessing that you earn for yourself, man, it's like unstoppable. It's powerful. And that's what we need on earth right now is everyone tapping into that space. Yeah. Oh, I, I feel the truth of that. And there's a documentary I just watched recently. There's a couple of examples I want to offer to, to support what you're powerfully expressing there. One was this documentary called Little Big Farm or The Biggest Little Farm, something like that brilliant documentary about this couple that just bought 200 acres north of Los Angeles and were committed to creating a farm in the old way where everything was allowed, kind of permacultural style. And a coyote showed up and started to eat their chickens. And you know, it happened again and again, or then they ate the ducks. And it was like, you know, 30 or 40, they're just destroying that part of their business. And he was determined not to shoot the coyote. It was like, there's got to be some medicine there. There's got to be some function that the coyote plays in this bigger picture. And understandably, there was resistance to that. It was like, like we've got to shoot the thing like everyone else does. Cause it's, you know, look, we've got all these dead animals on the floor. But what transpired was they, in the fifth or sixth year, so it was over a seven-year period, they discovered that gophers were destroying their food and the, 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 the orchards and so on. And then the coyotes came in and started to eat the gophers. So there was this, there was this imbalance and this perfect restoration of balance. So I just find that really interesting because I hear coyote medicine and there is an example in the natural world of how the bad thing does a good thing and serves how the whole functions in harmony and, and, and mutual benefit. And in my experience growing up, I absolutely resonate with your message that I chose my parents and I had a sense of the trajectory. I knew they were going to get divorced. I knew that I'd have a very beautiful, natural, um, you know, immersed in nature lots of love lots of care lots of compassion in my first 10 years and then it would go off the rails for a couple of years and there'd be lots of trauma and lots of deceit and lots of um anger and and, and so on and so on and so on and curiously at the time there was an awareness mostly of the trauma and the i wish my parents weren't getting divorced and i really wish they weren't getting divorced in such an unskillful way but there was also an awareness that the intensity of that pain was that which propelled me to look at things afresh, to really cast aside all the conditioning, good and bad, of my culture and of my parents as what was true in the world, and to begin to work out for myself what was the nature of reality and all the rest. And so I, I, I've often marveled at that perspective being there within an otherwise quite clueless and immature and, and foolish and ignorant 11, 12, 13 year old. And it's interesting, I'm sure you've done work in shamanic work where you've gone back to a young self and you've 
communicated with that young self, perhaps put an arm around them and, and given them some reassurance, perhaps given them some insight as to help them go through that traumatic experience. And, you know, I, I wonder sometimes, well, is that what happened? That what I experienced then was simply a consequence of work that I've done since to, to bring that awareness? Or, or was the soul present in my awareness then? I, I don't know. It's wonderful to speculate. But I know personally the transformative power of taking that responsibility for our traumas and difficulties and challenges and what that does for us. Yeah, and it helps us and it also helps our ancestors. It helps everybody in our family unit. And ultimately it help, helps every human because we're all part of one collective human consciousness that's on the planet. So any work that anybody does towards improving themselves is gonna affect everybody else in a positive way, in a beneficial way. So, um, you know, we're all emitting packets of light all the time, you know, just like plants. And so those packets of light have codes and instructions for everything that you've ascended yourself to um, receive, to embody. So as you do these higher level work, you know, on yourself for light workers and, and for people who are invested in their personal growth, as you do this work, you're emitting those light codes, whether you say anything about it or not. And when you speak, your heart, the more open your heart gets, the more healed. When you speak, you speak with so much more love. Your heart, your voice is actually able to express more of that love vibration because it's all connected to the lungs and the heart. So as you speak, it's like you're you're radiating that energy into the world. You know, so on these podcasts, that's why I love doing them too, because because this is all emission, this is all transmission of, of energy through the voice and through the the light energy. So yeah, you can affect lots and lots and lots of people through your personal work. It's it's wonderful. And we can go back, you know, time is malleable. It's all happening at the same time. <laughs> so you you can go back and recapitulate. And there's a practice I learned from the Toltec. You can go back and recapitulate your life, a, a certain scene maybe where you feel like you lost power. You can go back to that scene and you can you can heal yourself in that scene. You can reclaim your power. You can even change the message or the lens through which you view that scene. You can't change that it happened, but you can change how you feel about it and how you perceive it. And that changes a lot of things. That changes a whole ripple. So when you go back and let's say you change something at 15 and now you're 30, well, now that healing from your 15-year-old self, it ripples forward through all the use that ever were between 15 and now. So you're receiving now this beautiful boost of energy from a healing that you recapitulated from the past. So time is fluid. It's all happening now. So, and there's like this imaginary timeline, you know, in your life, but you can put yourself on a different destiny line by going back and recapitulating and healing things. And you can do it as a mother too, which is takes a certain amount of um, boundary respect as well, because a soul might've come in to experience exactly the things that they experienced. Um, in the but way sometimes, yeah. exactly. But sometimes it's also true that the soul's like, okay, but yeah, we have an agreement that now you're going to go back and do some healing on that for me mm. as my mother. And you're going to go back to a time when you knew that I had some trauma and do some healing. So there's a, that's also true. It just takes a great deal of responsibility and double checking and triple checking, quadruple checking so that you're not, you know, at the higher level so that you're not just wanting to change it because it makes you uncomfortable as the person's mother, you know, to see them struggle. So 
there's a lot with that. And if anybody wants more about that, they, I'm happy to help. But being a mom is like particularly powerful because we're always connected to our kids. So it's, 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 a, it's a very important position to mm-hmm. be in. It takes a great deal of responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I bow to my mother and her wisdom and all that she's brought into my existence. Uh, I, I chose very well. There's a, there's two things that you're speaking to, which I just want to reflect because the profundity and the literal awesomeness of them cannot be overstated. One is that in our inner work, and that might look like, um, you know, meeting our depression with love, for example, it might mean um, meeting our anxiety with 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 care and love, or whatever it might look like. There's something that's happening which is both multidirectional in our timeline, and when I say our timeline, our individual life, but also the lives of those to come and the lives of those that have been but also that it's spreading out into the collective unified field of consciousness that we are expressions of. And that's really one of the central messages of Love and Truth Party is that we're playing powerfully in the pure democracy of consciousness. So our note, our song, our harmonic is registered in the collective the vote in an election may or may not be counted appropriately and efficiently, but certainly our um, our consciousness, our vibration is unavoidably measured, resonant, and moving out into, rippling out into that pool of consciousness, as you put it. And that's an awesome, I mean, really like, wow, response ability isn't it it's like gee this is the power that we have and I think you spoke earlier we touched earlier on how someone might say yeah I see that um that God energy or source consciousness is is in all things and all other people but um but I'm not I'm not sure about myself you know I mean I, I yeah, come on and <laughs> it, it feels like this, it's that quote I've seen it attributed to Marianne Williamson and Nelson Mandela. I'm not sure who, or maybe it's a course in miracles about what we're scared of or what we have been programmed perhaps to be fearful of is the immensity of our brilliance of our light rather than um, our, our failings or our darkness. And so there's a certain courage, it seems in saying, yes, that I am this, I am, source consciousness i am an individuated aspect of the divine here to experience itself and express itself upon planet earth um but it's the very last thing to arrogance it's the furthest furthest thing from arrogance to, to to claim this and to know this yeah and and the next place to bring it is that I chose this humble human form and experience to learn about my magnificent divine self. I mean, now just consider that for a moment. We as infinite beings of light choose to be humbled into these human forms that have feelings and perceptions and, you know, get angry and, feel hate and feel fear and feel love and joy and grief and shame and 
all of that. That we choose to come down into these, you know, come into these tiny little forms and experience this thing called life on earth. It's profound. It's not a mistake. It's very intentional. I mean, I just imagine that a, a very infinite divine being doesn't really make mistakes about what it wants to experience. It knows what it wants and it designs it and it plans it and it has it all scoped and and then it goes for the ride and forgets how powerful it is. It goes for the ride and just experiences it. But so as the human being self that, you know, is, is going along for this ride, it feels very vulnerable and unpredictable and unsafe and all of this. But if you can remember that the aspect of you that planned all this for you, that is you, is actually infinitely wise and is planning all of this for a reason, you can kind of relax a little bit more and enjoy it, right? Like, oh, this infinite being created me intentionally to have an experience of life through me through this humble vessel. That's amazing. I'm wanted. Mm -hmm. I was created. It reminds me of a favorite sage (laughs) of mine, a gentleman called Bill Hicks, who in one of his wonderful sort of source inspired monologues spoke to how this is just a ride, how we go onto the roller coaster as it were and we take the twists and the turns and we're terrified and we're elated and we're bored and we're excited and some of us we remember it's just a ride and then he closes off this little monologue by saying and and some people they'll come back having remembered and they'll say to everyone hey relax it's just a ride and he said, and do you know what we do with most of those people? We kill them. <laughs> this is, <laughs> if we look back at the last 500 years, um, or the last 2000 years, there's been a certain reactivity towards people that are speaking profound truth. And it feels like perhaps just the fact that you and I are having this conversation and many other conversations of the same ilk that are being published and shared and um you know so far we haven't had uh, any sort of uh, slandering of our name or or, or being crucified yeah it's been pretty gentle actually right so that this time around yeah right so (laughs) i i've often had a sense that there's been something that's happened in my life or in in life that has caused hesitation to speak truth without dilution without some form of making it acceptable for people and in my life that's looked like becoming very fluent with scientific uh, discourse and language such that I can give people the grounding in reason and evidence as to some of the more challenging perhaps perspectives that direct experience and spiritual insight would would offer Um, but just this fact that these so many more conversations like this are happening does support the hypothesis that we're in a time now that is fundamentally very different from 500 years ago or 2000 years ago in some extraordinarily meaningful ways. 
Well, and that really leads into why I wrote the book last year called The Second Wave, Transcending the Human Drama, is I channeled that book from White Eagle. And um, it's really about how the second wave is, well, it's an influx of souls to the planet who are of some self-mastery with this life experience and with transformation and with remembering who they are, right? getting to the place where you remember who you are, waking your heart back up. That's really part of the main job, main goal of having this lifetime, right? Is to be able to reach that ascension in human form where you know who you are. So um, the second wave is is that influx of souls to the planet. We've been on the planet for, you know, probably about 50 years so far, or some of us a little bit less, between 50 and 25 and 50 years old is the second wave people right now. And uh, it's been a journey of, of embodying and healing it from the inside out, raising the human consciousness from a human lifetime. That's what we've been doing. And we've been doing it without a whole lot of, you know, plumage and glory and all that, you know, because we just disguised as humans and don't remember ourselves, but just this in, innate desire to heal, like this just driven desire to, to find healing, to seek solutions. And, and, and now it's time for us to all wake up and remember who we are and, and to step out as leaders for others who are, you know, in this soul school of earth that are not maybe as equipped to do things as uh, gracefully as we have. So we're here to teach. And that's why you're all messengers. That's why we got podcasts and everything else is <laughs> because we're here to teach. We're here to lead the way. We're here to show. We're here to, we're here to spread the vibes and spread the energy and help make it easier for these younger souls to ascend because they're not as skilled, you know? So um, that's basically what's going on. And if anybody's interested in more on that, well, the second wave book is a great place to start. Um, that's on Amazon. But the, the other person that you may know who's worked a lot with this idea of the second wave and the first wave is Dolores Cannon. She actually passed away several years ago beyond the veil, but her work was deep hypnosis work. So past life regressions and things like that. And she interviewed like thousands of people while they were under this hypnosis state. And she interviewed their soul self, their subconscious and asked questions. And that's where she started finding out about the second wave or I'm part of the second wave or I'm part of the first wave. And she's like, what's going on with this? And that's where she found out that that's basically what's been happening, that there's these waves of volunteers. So if you think back to the 60s, it would be the first wave. And you can see what was going on. I mean, some of the music, I mean, the Age of Aquarius song, please. That per, those people were aliens, okay? Like there's no, that was completely out of context. Like nothing ever was, that was like a blast of light through music, please. Like you can see, you can look back and you can clearly see that that was out of nowhere. You know, where do these people come from? So it's it's these these bursts of, of you know, visit, visitors to the planet. You know, if you, if, you, if you had aliens land on the planet, people would probably shoot them, right? So that's not gonna work. So you have to be undercover to be, you know, look like everybody else, basically, in order to change this planet. So because the planet's going through the, the evolutionary cycle with or without humanity, right? And so the goal has been to preserve humanity and make sure that this species survives. So <laughs> it's not going to survive on its own. It needed some support. So that's basically what's been going on. So when you look at it like that, it's kind of amazing, isn't it? Like... Um, 
even I say these things now and I know it's, I know it's true. <laughs> but at first when I started getting these messages, I thought I was nuts. I was like, what's going on? This is crazy. I can't believe I have to go out and tell people this. This is nuts, you know, but it actually is super true. And a lot of people are just woken up to know like what planet they're from and where they're actually, their soul is actually from. And, um, you know, it's, it's a journey. So yeah, it's, it's going to defy science people. Science people are just going to, this going to blow their minds open, but I, maybe I, at some point we'll have science for this. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I think we will. And I, I, I signed a could. pledge recently for a, I, I forget the origin originating organization, but it's towards a post-materialist science because you know, science is this beautiful system but it tends to be caught within uh, a materialist metaphysics without actually knowing that it is. You know, it's, not, it's not conscious that it's got a belief system that's underpinning its inquiry that is obscuring and limiting its inquiry. You know, if, if you don't believe that something could possibly exist, um, then you're not going to do experiments to discover whether it exists or not, right? Although people do, of course, and we know that telepathy exists. We know that clairvoyance exists. We know that remote viewing exists. We know that many things that should be impossible um, are, in fact, data evidenced. And that's also part of this shift. We are moving not in the mainstream, of course, not in the core of science, and it's more on the edges and the fringes, but there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of scientists who are right now leading the research into prayer, the research into energy healing, the research into the phenomenon of, of, of transmission. You know, can a spiritual teacher transmit consciousness and, and, and how? And, and um, It happens. I get, it happens all the time. <laughs> right. Right. I can attest to it. I mean, I've it happens, you know, yeah. I've had the experience working with other teachers. Uh, I definitely have been transformed in their presence and people tell me they have the same experience with me and on the podcast. Right. So we're all sharing energy. It's, it's photon packages of light. Jennifer Huff make, writes a really great section on, on the science of transmitting consciousness in the second wave book. So for people that are interested in that conversation, I haven't, I haven't got to she that. She explains yet, but... how it works. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Is that, yeah. to, is that towards the end of the book? It's a section in the book. Yeah. It's near the end. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm about three quarters of the way through. So You're I'm, almost I'm, there then. She, yeah. I'm very excited to get to that last bit. I've really, I've really been enjoying reading it. So I hope our viewers and listeners will also enjoy that too. Yeah, I hope so. The audiobook's almost out too. So if they don't like to read, they can listen. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> it's been such it's a thrill. It's fun, Will. Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Such it a is thrill. fun. I think it is. I love these conversations. You know, it's pretty awesome. Likewise, this is the beginning of my day here. And I, I was looking forward to it. And it certainly hasn't disappointed. It's been uh, an illuminating and inspiring and heart-opening journey of dialogue with you today. So I really appreciate you taking the time to be so uh, authentic and true in expressing who you are and to share that with our listeners and viewers today. So I'm sure many will be looking to get the book. And of course, they'll see all details and contact information for you and for your um, various services and offerings through the show notes and i just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to join me today and helping my day get off to such a wonderful start 
Well, thank you, Will. I'm really grateful. I'm so grateful that I found you and, and that we're connected. And mm. this is many, we're just getting started. This is just the beginning. So I look forward we got a lot of good stuff to come. Future converse. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, have a great day. Thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for being here, Kerry. And thank you to all our listeners and viewers for being here too. Thank you for listening and watching. You can visit loveandtruthparty.org to join our community, download or order love letters, register for our newsletter, connect on social media and uh, support us at loveandtruthparty.org. Thank you to all our supporters and contributors. Together, we are creating kind, conscious, courageous human community.